You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 211, a shift in thinking that will change your world. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. And I do thank you for joining me again for episode 211, A Shift in Thinking That Will Change Your World. I do hope that you are having a wonderful week, and by wonderful, I mean fruitful as far as your relationship with the Lord goes, your family, your relationships, that things are firing on all pistons, so to speak. I want to talk to you this week about a mindset that we have, whether we really realize it or not, we have a particular mindset about our our relationship with the Lord, our relationship to all things kingdom of God, and how I think that there might be a chance that our mindset is keeping us from really doing what the Lord has called us to. To do. I have a lot of scriptures for you this week, and I am going to give those to you. All you've got to do is text my name. It's just one complete name, Jeff Cavins, and the number that you text my name to is 33777. Such a biblical number, 33777. Well, at the time of this uh, episode, we are getting ready to go into summer. It's spring right now in 2021. And uh, I know that people are really looking forward to this summer as they have gone through, most of us have gone through a really rough 2020 with the pandemic, but uh, I think people are looking forward to going outside, uh, more freedom, more relationships and things to do, and I think it's going to be a great time. And I do think that uh, after a year in COVID and everybody being locked up, a lot has changed in people's lives, not only in their relationships, some of them not so good, but their habits as well, whether it's binge watching over the winter or or self-medicating, getting getting themselves into trouble. In the springtime, we, we oftentimes talk about spring cleaning, but I think there might need to be some spring cleaning in our relationship with the Lord as well. A big reminder, we still do have room on the June trip to the Holy Land, 2021, June of 2021, with Father Mike Schmitz and myself. You can go to my website, jeffcavens.com, find out information about that. Love to have you join us. It's going to be a spectacular pilgrimage. It really is, and we'd love for you to join us. Well, I want to talk to you now about a shift in our thinking as it relates to our relationship with the Lord. And and to do that, I want to start by going back a number of years uh, when I first really, really got excited about following Jesus. When I was I was only eighteen years old, I was in college, and I had this born again experience. I had this uh, this new relationship with the Lord via my girlfriend Emily, who's now my my wife. And I got to tell you, my whole life changed at that point. And I, I went out and bought a Bible. I started to go to meetings and prayer meetings and teachings and uh, tent meetings and all kinds of, of things. And I, and I wanted to meet with people who knew about Jesus. And, and we would sit at the college and, and we would talk about Jesus. All the Christians would gather at a certain place. You could always walk by this place called the pit where everybody would gather 
and uh, you could bring your Bible, sit down, and there was always someone to talk to about Jesus. And those early years were really spent uh, getting to know more about the Lord, you know, and uh, learning and knowing the Bible. And I had this, this sense of my relationship with Jesus was really one of following him. And you know, when I teach on discipleship, I make a big deal out of this when I talk about Jesus saying, Lech acharai, come follow me. And, and so my relationship as an adult started off that way where I kind of imagined myself following the Lord, you know, every day and the relationships that, uh, that I uh, struck up. I was always in this kind of posture of following him, like the sage walking around the Sea of Galilee, and I'm on his, I'm on, in his footsteps, you know, and I'm gathering the dust on me, which is, is true. It's all good. It's wonderful, wonderful metaphor. It's interesting, though, that, that I, I began to see something in the, in the scriptures that I guess I haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of, you know, in earlier days. I'm seeing it more and more today. In the New Testament, 89 times in the New Testament, we are told to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. And only one time outside of the gospel, Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 4, but 89 times in the New Testament, we are told in the gospels to follow Jesus. And and I, I think that's something we all kind of identify with, don't we? That I'm going to follow him. He's up ahead of me. If he takes a left, I take a left. If he takes a right, I, I take a right. But does this mean that according to Peter and Paul, we're not to follow him now? Since Peter and Paul in their writings, they don't use this metaphor of following Jesus. I don't know if you've ever noticed that before, but they really don't talk about following him. This is, this is restricted almost exclusively to the Gospels when Jesus was there walking around the Sea of Galilee. So when the rabbi, the great rabbi Jesus says, Lech achrai, come follow me, it was quite obvious what that meant. That if he goes to the next city, you're going to go to the next city. If he wants to stay overnight, you're staying overnight. If he wants to speak at this synagogue, you're going to go to that synagogue. You're going to follow him. And that's all good. For example, I'll give you a few different scriptures, and I'll put these in the notes. Matthew 4, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Matthew 8, Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Mark 10, Jesus looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And then Luke 9, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. And that's a, isn't that a beautiful metaphor, though, to think of following Jesus everywhere he goes? I wonder, though, if our faith life, if our relationship with Jesus is somehow restricted to that, that I'm following him. And what does that mean today to actually follow Jesus today? What's he doing, right? What's he doing? And, and why didn't Peter or Paul talk about that after Jesus rose from the dead and Peter and Paul come on the scene and they have their national ministries, but they don't use the language of following him? You know, on earth, the disciples, they left everything, 
And they followed Jesus. He taught them. He led them. He demonstrated what the kingdom of God was all about. He gave them an example on how to serve one another by washing feet and his attitude. He showed them how to to treat people. He is the example. And when they followed him, they got a good idea of what it meant to be Jesus and to follow Jesus. But here's what I want to talk to you about this week. There seems to to be a shift from pre-resurrection to post-resurrection. The pre-resurrection language is follow Jesus. But the post-resurrection language is different than following Jesus. We see that there is a shift from following behind him to Jesus living in you and continuing his ministry led by the Holy Spirit, which is in you. Now, don't get me wrong, we're never going to do away with this metaphor of following Jesus, for certainly we are following him. We're following him, we're following his example, we are following his worldview, everything about him. We're following this, so to speak. But the reality is, is that we're not following him around the Sea of Galilee anymore. He's in you. He is actually in you to continue on with his work in a very powerful way. I'm going to give you some scripture here, and I'll put them in the show notes for you, but if you're driving, just just soak this in. Listen to this, to this language. In John 14, Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father." So Jesus is saying right there in John, I'm going to the Father, but hey, wake up. You're going to do you're going to do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. You're not going to be following me around the sea of Galilee, but somehow some way you're going to be doing greater works than these. In the same chapter, John 14 verse 26, he gives us a little bit of a more insight into what's going to happen post-resurrection when he says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, that's pretty powerful. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, known as the Paraclete, is going to be sent. He is going to teach you. He's going to bring to your remembrance of what you learned when you were following him so that you can walk in it today, and God will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be in you. So his life is now an example to imitate, for sure. We look back, don't we? 1 Peter 2, 21, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So how do we follow in his steps today? How do we follow Jesus today? I would submit to you that we follow Jesus today by understanding that he is inside of us. His teaching is brought to our our remembrance, our spirits are quickened with his words, and we respond to his words by being obedient. He is inside of us, and we are being obedient, and so Christ is continuing his work today. We're not just wandering around saying, I am following him wherever he happens to be. No, he's in you. He wants to do something. 
He's waiting for you to learn and then do it. And that's how he has chosen to grow his kingdom, to expand his influence throughout the world. Think about that for a moment. He is in you. You're not just following him. He's in you. And his teachings quicken you. And they instruct you and empower you by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit to do his work. There's so much about this in, in Paul's writings that it's, it's, truly, it's truly amazing. Paul says, for example, to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. It's a good thing, isn't it? Examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Isn't that, isn't that amazing what Paul says? He, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Do you, do you get it? Jesus Christ is in you. He's in you. You're not just following him anymore. He is in you. And in that is the way that we continue to follow him, so to speak. Paul said to the Galatians, and it's one of my marquee verses for my whole life, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, Paul says, and he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Now, this is what the, the title of this show is trying to get across, a shift in thinking that will change the world. If if your way of thinking is that you are following this invisible, ethereal Jesus versus he's in you, living through you, whichever one you choose, it's going to have an impact on life. If it's just following this invisible Jesus and kind of saying, well, I think I'm following him, Probably not a lot, not a lot's going to happen in the world through you. But if you realize if that shift takes place and you realize that he's in you, wanting to move through you and love through you and draw through you, the world can change. Your world, your world can change. First John chapter 2, John says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, listen to this, whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So you see, that's a shift, isn't it? It's a shift from following him to walking as he walked because he's inside of us. My friend, if, if you can get a hold of that as I am, that is starting to become so real to me at this point in my life. But if you can get a hold of that and wake up in the morning and realize that every step, every word, every encounter, every moment, every meal, he is inside of you. And I've often wondered, you know, if Jesus is inside of us, is it sort of like <laughs> is it sort of like being in prison? He's inside my rib cages, grabbing a hold of the ribs, saying, I want out. I want to do what I did 2,000 years ago, but through you. You see, that whole mindset can make all the difference in your life, in your parish, 
and in the world. I've got so many more things I want to share with you about this, but we need to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to continue on with some verses and go a little bit further to talk about a shift in thinking that will change your world. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, which is Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely assents to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where we offer a liberal arts curriculum buoyed by the sacraments. This empowers you to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu or call 1-833-AMUSWFL. We are talking about a shift in thinking that goes from following an invisible Jesus to Jesus living inside of us and animating us by love and his will, his vision for life. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, But when he who had set me apart before I was born and had called me through his grace was pleased to reveal his Son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not confer with flesh and blood. Did you catch what Paul said right in the middle of that in Galatians chapter 1? He said that God called me through his grace and was pleased to reveal his Son to me. Some translations talk about to reveal his son in me, in me. He also says to the Corinthians in chapter 3 and verse 16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Again, what we're doing is building this case for the language that that, that Peter and Paul use post-resurrection, that he is in you. And if he is in you, then what is he going to do? Well, he's he's got an obstacle. Right? If Jesus wants to continue to do what he did 2,000 years ago, and he is, in a sense, imprisoned inside of you, how is he going to reach the world? How is he going to reach the world if we are binge-watching on Netflix? How is he going to reach the world when we're thinking more about entertainment or sports or other things than we are his mission? And that that's a real challenge to me. I'm just being honest with you this week. It's a challenge to me to say, Lord, if you are in me and your vision, your, your mission is dependent upon me yielding to you rather than telling everybody else to follow you, then what am I going to do? How am I going to live? Wow. 2 Timothy 1.14, by, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within you, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You see, we have this great deposit of of faith, the scripture and tradition, and it it gives us a full look at who Christ is and and his mission. Don't get me wrong. The Bible, the catechism, the church's teachings, the example of the saints, all of this is a rich gift given to us. But we cannot just sit and study that stuff and then move forward without actually doing it, thinking we are somehow following him because we studied it. He is now in you, empowering you to accomplish what he desires. 
I think sometimes we might have more respect for an earthly king. If we were in the presence of an earthly king, we would most likely say, yes, your majesty. Of course, your majesty. I'll do that, your majesty. But the Lord is inside of us, and he's telling us how to live and how to win souls for him. And our response shouldn't be, yeah, I studied that. It should be, yes, your majesty. Yes, Lord. So we study all of this, the deposit of faith. We study it and we we isolate the various aspects. And then what do we do? We imitate and carry it out. And imitation is the foundation of discipleship. Just like God was discipling Israel in the book of Leviticus, and he said, you be holy as I am holy. Now imitation is the foundation of discipleship. And who are we imitating? We are imitating Jesus. In thought only? No, in word and deed. That's how we are imitating him. We're carrying his will out. The relationship is much, 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 go ahead and say that with me, much more than following him. It is so intimate that he comes inside of us in the Eucharist, the blessed sacrament, the greatest source of grace ever known to humanity. That's intimate. That's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul said to the Galatians in chapter 3, again, all of it's in the notes, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He is not mainly a teacher, we see, as we, as we, we, we hear Paul. He's not mainly a teacher as much as he is a living, dynamic, perfect God who motivates and empowers you to live the life that you can't live as merely a student or one who is just, quote-unquote, following behind. Let me say what he said again in Galatians, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Have you been baptized into Christ? Have you been baptized? Then if you have been baptized into Christ, put on Christ. He's in you. And get this, Paul says, put him on as well. Kind of a Double whammy, isn't it? You know, he's in you and we put on Christ. Putting on Christ is another way of saying we walk it out now. We walk it out. It's like he said that also to the Romans in chapter 13. He said, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know, this is one of those beautiful texts that will help you in temptation. If you are tempted to gratify the fleshly desires whether that be food or whether it be licentious behavior, whatever it might be, if you're tempted in that area, don't make any provisions for the flesh. How do I do that? Put on Christ. In other words, go from Christ is in you, put him on, act it out, live it, live it out. His mind, his will, everything. You know that Paul, he's really big on this. He said to the Ephesians in chapter 4, he says, put on the new self. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. In other words, my friend, you have a new identity. To the Colossians, he said in chapter 1, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hmm. This is so powerful. I'm, as I'm talking to you about it, I'm, I'm reminded of, of way back in Moses' time. Way back in Moses' time, the Lord spoke to Moses, and uh, Moses, uh, the people were not going to be obedient. <laughs> and uh, God said something very interesting to Moses. He said, you know what? He says, 
I'm going to send an angel with you. He will go with you up into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to go with you, but you can go ahead and go up w- without me and I'll have some angelic protection. Don't, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to go with you. I'll never forget Moses' response. He said, basically, and this is a uh, paraphrase, it's the Jeff Cavins paraphrase. He said, no, you can't leave, Lord. You know why? We are known by your presence. We're known by your presence. That's the way the world knows us. That's what we are known for is that you are with us. And that's the truth today, isn't it? That we as Christians are known by God's presence in our life because we allow that fragrance of the life of God to come out of us in how we live, what we say, our deeds. So you see, there's this shift again. I just want to remind you what we're talking about. It's a shift from in thinking that changes the world. It goes from pre-resurrection, and that is I'm simply following him, to post-resurrection, and that is I'm following him because he is in me and he is continuing his mission through me. He's always there, always there. I love it. (laughs) So then I ask you this question. So how are you to live now? How are you to live? One, if you just study, you're following. It's okay. You're studying. But studying oftentimes is just following. You're learning. It's great. A new book, a new series, whatever. Study. But if you are studying and then doing it, then you are a disciple. You're a disciple, and he abides in you. Mother Teresa put on Christ. John Paul II put on Christ. St. Therese of Lisieux, God was living in her. God was living in St. Jerome. God was living in St. Vincent de Paul. God was living in St. Padre Pio. God was living in, inside of Mother Angelica, St. Borromeo, St. Francis, St. Peter and Paul, and they all put on Christ. They didn't just follow, but they put Christ on. And There is not a saint in heaven who merely followed behind Jesus. We cannot think that we can go to conferences and buy books and videos and, and all those things are great, but we can't expect that we're going to change the world that way. The only way that the world is going to be changed and the only way that your parish is going to grow and be fruitful is if you put on Christ and live. This is what we are called to. This is what the world needs right now. A shift in thinking that will change your world. Romans chapter 8, my last scripture for you. Paul says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You see, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has chosen to dwell in these earthen vessels and to change us and empower us for mission. I can't think of anything, my friend, more exciting than going from being simply a someone who's following a few 10, 15 feet behind to suddenly realizing he's in me and now game on, game on. He's in all of us and we can change the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I would be as so bold as to say there is no excuse. There's no excuse. And there's, by the way, there's nothing in the world as attractive 
as Christ in you, the hope of glory. So I'm asking you as I conclude today, Just I, this was heavy on my heart earlier today. I just needed, wanted to share this with you. What is your perspective? Are you following 10 feet behind Jesus? Are you following and just learning? Or have you made that realization that he's in you and feeding you every week in the Eucharist and feeding you in, with his word, instructing you so that you can become Jesus in this world and he can live through you. That's where the game is. That's the big time. And that's what Jesus needs from all of us today. So during this week, I'll just ask you during this week to take note of your attitude and, uh, and your disposition. Are you really aware of him in you? This week, just just do it this week. Just just every day, ask yourself: Am I aware that He is in me? If He is in me, what does He want to do, or am I just following ten feet behind and taking notes? Two different ways. One way is you're a student, and the other is you're a disciple. Let me pray for you, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I lift up my friends to you today, and. Lord, we want more of you. We want, to, we want to follow you. We want to learn from you. But Lord, we know you're in us, and we know that you, your mission continues. May we go beyond learning into doing and putting you on every day, allowing you to and your power to flow through us to a hurting, broken, anxious, depressed world. Jesus, use us. We yield to you today. We yield our bodies. We yield our hearts. We yield our minds. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I love you. God bless you. 